Welcome to Ask a Broker, episode 18. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. This is the show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. Except today on the show, I have Jamie Moy. The reason I brought Jamie on is because the question we got asked was about working remotely, and Jamie spent eight months working in Mexico as a mortgage broker, and her clients had no clue. They had still got excellent service, she was able to close her loans, and she she's really figured out this working remotely, and I thought this would be a perfect question for her. So here's how this works. If you go to askabroker.ca, record a question, and if we answer it on the show, we'll send you a swanky new I Love Mortgage Brokering t-shirt courtesy of Lendesk. The second way you can get on the show is if you go to the Facebook group on I Love Mortgage Brokering and you post a question, and if we decide to answer it on the show, we'll send you a shirt. Either way, the idea is, is that you ask your questions and we'll find you the answers. Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that is built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them refine the platform, and I can tell you it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So we got a great question from Jake on the I Love Mortgage Brokering Facebook group, and he asked about working down south. Let's have a listen to the question, and then I want to dive in and get your feedback, because I know you have done this uh, quite a bit in the past. Cool. Jake Abramovich from the Facebook group asks, I am targeting January 2018 as my one month working down south. Please share with me your secrets, tips, and tricks for doing this job away from your home base. So what, do you, what are your thoughts? What kind of advice would you give Jake on working, being able to go and work remotely and not kind of blow up his business? For sure. Well, the first thing, I mean, I know he's talking about 2018. Dude, do it now. <laughs> it's so easy to do. The main thing is that you need to be able to communicate. So VoIP phone system, however you want to set that up, there are so many options now. More brokers I talk to are doing the VoIP thing. They're getting away from the standard landline. And that's something you can take with you and you can be anywhere. What do you use? So sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Occasionally. We have, um, I have a system. It's actually through an Alberta company and it's called DCTEL. It's a full phone system in that it looks like an office. I mean, I've got like an office line with multiple lines and you can, um, you know, be flipping back and forth between different callers and put people on hold and all that kind of stuff. And it's all operated online in the sense that you can go into a website. You can see all the callers that you've had. It tracks all of your voicemail and all of your voicemail are then turned into an audio file and emailed to you. So it's really nice because just from like my handheld, doesn't matter where I am, I can see what voicemails have come in and you know, you've got the number, the name of the person. It makes it really easy. There are multiple different systems, but I mean, like it costs me 30 bucks a month or something ridiculous. So it's way cheaper than the landline options. And you can call out from it as well, right? Absolutely. It's a full functioning phone and the same phone number that I've used for over 10 years, the company just transferred it to this. So there was absolutely no disruption in my business. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And okay, so the first thing you said was get a VoIP phone system. What would be the next thing that you'd tell Jake? I mean, a big thing when you're traveling is making sure that you're going into a situation where you have access to really good internet. Um, when we lived down south, that was a huge consideration was knowing that you're going to have access to 
you know, all of your files that are now working in the cloud, if you're doing things in Dropbox, you're doing, you know, everything is basically going to be running off of internet. So you were in Mexico, which is pretty much like the home of reliable internet, right? There's two companies down there and Telmex is, uh, it's actually the national company. It's, I guess, similar to like how TELUS would be for like uh, BC and Alberta. Mm -hmm. And it is super strong DSL internet over phone lines. A one caution and one thing to consider when you're doing VoIP phones is that they don't seem to work as well. In my experience, if you're working with a internet company that is doing their DSL for cable lines, so like getting it from your TV company. So yeah, I mean, as long as you've got strong internet, everything is going to work. I never had problems down there. Nobody even knew that I was away when, mm -hmm. when we were working down south. Except when you're sitting in the back and saying, excuse me, ma'am, would you like another cervezas? And you're like, where are you? Um, <laughs> the, the splashing of the beach. Each. Oops! Yeah, I know. Quiet. Keep that down. <laughs> Stop kidding. cracking your beers. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so strong internet is important. So, what other things would you would you say would be? We use because we're not we're fully paperless, so we don't have paper files. Um, I haven't worked off of paper for probably five years now. Being able to edit documents is a big deal. Like, and that's from the standpoint of like, you know, being able to highlight where a client's supposed to sign on a commitment maybe, or filling in a client consent form for a lender or something. We use Adobe Acrobat Professional and, you know, you can go in, you can sign documents. So for your disclosure, or if your signature needs to be on it, you can easily do that. That's been a huge, huge thing for sure. We're currently adapting. We're like, only about a week or so into using Office 365. And the reason that we did that was because a lot of our client logs and the way that we keep track of the business is in Dropbox and is in Excel. And it's a means for us as a team because now there's four of us working together that we can go in and actually edit documents simultaneously. And we're not overriding or losing any of the data as, as we're trying to work on files. So that's been really good so far, but you know, maybe not necessary for everybody, but being paperless, it certainly uh, is a good way of knowing that the data in our computers is going to be clean because we're not necessarily always sitting at the same place, working at the same place. Right. Okay. Were you meeting your clients and so, or not meeting them before you went? Well, you know, honestly, I mean, when I started, I met every single client and there is a component of business. I think that when you're first starting out, it is not a bad thing to have, you know, that they have a face to your name. Currently, I really don't meet any clients. I've done... I think two face-to-face -face meetings in the last year and probably three in the last three years. It's become one of those things. And thankfully my clients are very understanding about it. If I take the time to sit down and do an hour long meeting with you, I can't help that many more people during my day. I only have so much time. So, you know, I definitely do the client calls to go through all of the paperwork. I insist on that with every client, but it's a 30 minute conference call. And do you share that? Do you do a screen share or how do you do that? No, I send them all of the paperwork up front in an email. I ask them to have everything printed out. And this is especially important when you've got like multiple applicants. So it's like a husband and wife or, or whatever. Maybe it's mom and dad co-signing and you've got a few people. So they can, they'll sit down. Uh, we do a conference call. I put them, you know, they get on speakerphone with me. I go through every page. They sign as we go. They then retain those copies uh, for their own records. And I ask them to scan or fax. Uh, the copies back to me so that I have it digitally. So they get a copy, I get a copy, we've gone through everything, but I'm not dealing with paperwork. So they don't sign with DocuSign, they still, your clients are signing with pen, but they're sending it to you electronically. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems to me, and I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there are definitely a lot of lenders that don't like DocuSign and that mm -hmm. they won't accept it. So rather than trying to, ooh, can I do DocuSign or can I not sign it? You know, put pen to paper, keep the pages for your records, and, and I'll send them a digital copy if they want one. I mean, that's, that's super easy, but um, no, I have them actually sign everything. Okay. So then what other advice would you give to someone who is thinking about trying to work remotely? How long were you working in Mexico and was that your plan or did it just sort of grow over, like you just kind of realized, hey, this is working and I stayed? It was totally the plan. We were down there for two years and I had had like a storefront and the whole shebang for a couple of years. I'd been in office space for I think six or seven years at that point. And just with the changing economy and the change of my relationship with my clients, it sort of became evident that sitting down with everybody wasn't necessary. You know, people are busy. And so I decided to transition the office home. And when I did that, the question, of course, came up, well, if I'm going to work from home, why does home have to be here, right? If I'm not tied to going and sitting down with people. So the whole thing about going down to Playa del Carmen was definitely that I was going to work down there. Um, and we put a lot of energy into researching things like internet and things like, you know, where were we going to be and would I be able to still run the same systems and basically, you know, not have people know where I was. Um, so it was definitely, definitely top of mind. It, I mean, it honestly just got easier and easier when we were down there because you get into a pattern and, you know, like I run a couple monitors. It's not a big system. I've got a phone, a laptop, a, you know, a separate keyboard and a s second monitor. And that's my whole system. You know, we went to Galliano Island for a week last summer, packed everything into a bag, took it over. Nobody knew we were away. And what kind of hours do you, will you interact with clients? At this point, my hours are pretty crazy. We've become really, really busy with a merger that we just went through. So, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm at my desk at 7 a.m. every day, and I'm lucky if I'm off of the desk by about 7, but this is not normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, But when I was working in Mexico, I mean, I would work about six hours a day. The time, I guess one thing to consider as well is the time difference. We looked at going to Europe, but that time change will kill you, you know. You'll be working at night. Yeah, I don't want to be up at 3 a.m. trying to answer your questions about your home purchase. I, I can't do it. Mexico was awesome because we were a two-hour time change from Vancouver. So Vancouver to Playa was two hours. It extended to three hours. They've changed their time zones uh, in the last two years. But it was great because I could be getting up at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's 6 a.m. in Vancouver. Banks aren't open. The clients aren't awake. So you can get a couple of good hours of work in without the phone ringing. And that makes your day a lot shorter if you're not jumping between a bunch of stuff and you can just power through. Okay, so what if somebody, so this is me, I'm just thinking to myself, what if I, my reluctance is my clients want to meet me? Maybe it's just like, how do I, how do I change? Maybe it's my own thinking. How do I convince my clients that they can get the same level of service without actually seeing me eyeball to eyeball? You know, it's interesting because I would have clients that would say, you know, we have to get together. We have to get together. And I would very simply say, you know what, right now I'm working remotely and I'm not available to do that, but we can absolutely get everything done over the phone and by email. I promise I'm going to walk you through everything. There's not going to be any mystery to this. Um, so, you know, we're going to do it this way. And I was just really adamant that that's how it was. And people don't understand the words working remotely. They don't know what that means. And I was honestly, I never even had anybody question it. No is the most powerful word ever. You know, no, I can't do that. This is how it's going to get done. If, if we want to work together, this is how it's going to happen. So 
I mean, you just kind of got to stick to your guns and know that that's how it's going to be. It, because the business has to work for you as well. You can't be away and worrying, oh, you know, I'm going to lose business if, if I'm not around. Because if you worry about it, that'll happen. But I, I honestly, it didn't cross my mind. It was, this is how we were going to do it. And I never had a client have an issue with it. Right. And you're right. You just set the expectation up front. And then, okay, so you're, let, just let me walk a little bit through your process. I think this will be helpful. Just from, this is selfish for me, but then everybody else gets to hear it. So, okay, a client contacts you and says, hey, I'd like to, you know, I've heard you're great. I want to work with you. What happens? What do you do? First thing is I get all of my applications in writing. I know that some people will do like applications over the phone or things like that. What I find is that I give them the whole rundown, you know, who we are, what we do, what the benefit is of working with us. Got a little spiel that maybe takes three to five minutes. Give them an idea of like what mortgage brokers are because a lot of people will call, but they don't have a full understanding of what we do. How do you, okay, just, I'm gonna jump. how do you describe what a mortgage broker does? I have my saying, but what do you say? So basically what I tell them is that we are independent mortgage brokers. We happen to be with Dominion Lending Centers. And I sort of liken that to how a real estate agent might be with Remax or with Sutton. And we hang a license, but we're all fully independent. Uh, we work for ourselves. And basically our role is to be a link between them and the banks and go into the benefit of the fact that, you know, we're going to do the negotiating for you. You don't have to go and sit down with each of these lenders and try and decipher what their products are, or what kind of terms they're using. Uh, we get an application from you. From that, we're going to be able to give you an idea of your purchasing power, what kind of cost it's going to be for you to have a down payment and pay monthly. And the most important thing is that our services are typically free to you. And the lenders put aside a budget to encourage broker business. It's all regulated. There isn't a lot of reason for me to pick one lender over another because I'm going to get paid more. I want to make sure that the product is going to be good for you and a good fit because at the end of the day, this is a huge component of your financial plan. So we want to make sure it's working. Uh, I do bring up the fact that, you know, we, I phone all my clients every six months. It's just a little touch base. It's a, how are you doing? What's working? Are things not working? Uh, and I tell people that upfront so that they know that this is a long-term relationship I'm building. This is not a one-off transaction. Think of us like you think about your financial advisor or like your accountant, that this is somebody that you use as a reference. You go to them for questions, you you know run life decisions by them. That's how we want to be as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I send them off. I, I like to get the application in paper because if a client isn't willing to write out their own situation and dedicate to sending it back to you, then they're maybe not going to be dedicated enough to send you income information or down payment information. And I want it in writing. I want a signature against their information. So we send off an application. I've got all of that in the email again. I link them up to some videos they can watch if they want. And then once the application comes back, we're within 24 hours that we're going to give them some numbers, some idea of where they're at and get the whole process going. Okay. What videos are you showing them? Is it videos that you've made or are they DLC videos? Yeah, it's videos that I did a few years ago. Um, the main one we call the mortgage solutions video. And it's basically, it's basically reiterating what I've already told them about how we work as brokers and sort of the philosophy and what the process is. There's a series of other videos in there about you, know, like how you get pre-approved or, you know, what's the difference between fixed and variable rates? How do I get financing if I'm self-employed and things like that? So you know what you're doing? You're literally answering all of the questions that typically come up in a face-to-face -face meeting, but you've answered them once via video and then they can just go consume the answers that are the questions that are you know interesting to them so that's killer okay so you send them the application they send it back to you 
do you you schedule a call? Is it what what is that next step? Uh, I mean, it's nothing really scheduled. Once I get the information, I get back to them right away. Thank you. I've received the application. Uh, we're going to take a look at this. And depending on what time of day it is, I mean, if they're sending me something in the morning, I can get back to them by the afternoon. They're things basically like after two, three o'clock in a day, they're going to hear from me in the morning probably. And then it's really just a couple of minutes to go over what they're looking for to give them an idea of, you know, pre-approval numbers. We have a whole pre-approval package that we end up sending once a client is qualified that breaks down again all of those different questions about things like insurance premiums and do I need fire insurance and title insurance and all that kind of thing so I give them some basic numbers we run things by the bank depending on their situation I mean now I know a lot of brokers don't even bother doing like the pre-approval with the bank because a lot of lenders aren't doing rate holds but we then send out the full package that has that information and they go into basically an email drip that gives them new information about being pre-approved about I think it's like four days apart or something Um, and we have them on a schedule that we call them every basically I think it's like two to three weeks just so that we're keeping in touch with them especially if they're shopping now if they're doing a refinance we get right into it here's what you qualify for here's how it's going to look it goes out to the lender and they're sent a document list about what they need to get for us at what point were you requesting the documents was it after you got the application and then you have that conversation. Is that when you typically, if they're pre-approving, do you get the documents in? If they are uh, not a salaried employee, if they are hourly or if they are self-employed or they have commission or they have bonuses or anything like that, I like to get NOAs up front because the proof is in the pudding and it's there. If they're on a salary, then a lot of times, the, I mean, a lot of times the lender doesn't even want the NOA, so that's not quite as big of a deal. But I will let them know. I mean, they know up front what kind of paperwork they need to be able to provide. And that's when you find the things out like, oh, I haven't filed my taxes or, you know, oh, actually, my employer does pay stubs differently or whatever it is that comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I mean, I don't for a pre-approval, for example, collect job letters and pay stubs up front because they're going to stale date. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get an NOA because I can use that for a good year, but other documents that, you know, basically are only going to last for 30 days, I don't tend to get. Unless the client is super, super gung-ho and called because they have a property in mind, It's it might take them a while to find something. Right. Okay. That's really good. And then, obviously, then you tie into once it's approved, you do that phone call where you walk them through the documents and... Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is an email that we just send out that says, you know, we need a job letter from you and here's what the job letter has to be and here's what has to be included in, you know, down payment documentation and things like that. And a lot of it is kind of self-explanatory for the client that they should be able to, certainly we're always happy to answer questions, but I don't necessarily take time on the phone to break down like, what is a job letter? We email Mm -hmm. that to them and they can, you know, you need to have these four, three things or whatever, four things in your job letter. Right. That's really good. Well, hey, any other advice? Last question. Any other advice for Jake that, or anyone else that's thinking about working remotely? Just do it. <laughs> it's awesome. You will not regret it. Yeah, just make sure that the place that you're going is going to have you access, you know, and make sure the place is like, you know, a decent desk area to work at. That you're comfortable. Make sure that you've got the good Internet. That's that's a huge thing. But it's honestly, it's so easy. It's so easy to do and practice at home shut your door, pretend like you're on a desert island and work for a week and don't go see people. Put on your flip-flops. Yeah, totally. Wander around. Yeah, wander around your house with a cerveza and uh, flip-flops and and try it out because you'll do it. You'll find out it's super, super easy and you'll find the the little patterns in your business that you have to do to be able to do it and it'll be easier to get that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. And thanks, Jake, for the question. 